Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Congressman uh, Zeldin, welcome to the show, and uh, great to have you with us, Lee. How are you this morning, great my friend? Great to be back with uh, you. I'm doing, doing okay. I'm doing <laughs> you know, all right. You are the man. You are so the man. Now, listen, we've been talking now for years. And now, of course, I take off. We had, I, I took my daughter to the hospital. Everything was great, thank God. Turned out great, thank God. But that's the And now uh, I said, my gosh, what happened? As I got up in the morning, I saw Lee got attacked on stage. And I went, what the heck happened? But I have to tell you, from what I saw, Lee, you, you, your military training came into action. When this guy uh, came after you on stage, that was all military training. You immediately went to his arm. That was absolutely so awesome, Lee. I got to give you credit for that man and you uh, you know everybody knows you're a nice guy and you are a nice guy everybody knows you as being measured like i always tell everybody everybody says you do not have an ego lee zeldin which i love that about you in politics in new york but you know what you're doing my friend you could handle yourself well done well done lee zeldin and god bless you that you're okay well if if anybody comes at you with a knife some people think that you you need to go after the knife somehow. But actually, the smartest, safer thing is to try to gain control of their wrist. Because if you can control a wrist where yeah, the person yeah. has a knife in their hand, you're then controlling the knife. I, I got to tell you what I would give the most amount of credit to. And yes, there's there were experiences in the, the military with training uh, that assists with understanding the, the body and, and movements. But wh- when I was younger, my mother paid for karate lessons. Uh, I'm a, uh, you know, fun fact that you don't know about me, Joe, I'm actually a black belt, once won the world championships in sparring. It was actually, it, it was the same exact lunge that was, like kind of just drilled into me in training where someone comes at you with a knife and then you, you, you move to the side and you grab the wrist. Yeah. What was, what was bizarre in this particular moment was that while he was coming at me, I was also noticing that he was wearing a hat, that he was a veteran, which is the, the one thing in life that gets me to completely drop my guard. So that's the whole thing was, Right. It was bizarre, and I'm right. just really grateful that a bunch of people, you know, subdued him, tackled him, and the Monroe County Sheriff's Office was there within yeah, a few yeah. minutes, and they arrested him. But then yeah, he was yeah. released on cashless bail within hours, right, which is amazing. But and we we want to get there. But you, I, I, I tell you, you're you're very humble. Here you are. You take the guy with a knife. You had a mic in your left hand, brother. You had a microphone. I thought you were going to hold the guy down and continue the speech. You know, that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Uh, not to make light of it, Lee, but you had the microphone in one hand and you had you and you took this guy down. Dang, that was so impressive, my friend. I was so proud of you, Lee Zeldin. I mean, not to make light of it because it's a, it was a deadly situation and you handled it in such a stellar fashion. Now let's move on. They let the guy out within hours. He's out on the streets. Now he's in, he's in custody federally. You're a congressman. You're a congressman, and they let him out. How does that happen in New York, man? He got charged with a violent felony. That assault w- was a felony that he was charged with, and he got released because of New York's crazy cashless bail laws. Now, earlier this month, there were two Mexican cartel drug smugglers who were busted with 1.2 million in crystal meth. 
Okay. They were immediately re- they were instantly released back out on the street due to cashless bail. So there's so many different examples. Those are just two this month. Yeah. You know, this, this guy, you know, he had this weapon. It was similar to breast knuckles where yeah. uh, there were two sharp dagger-like. Uh, it, was, it was almost looking like a claw, and he was going toward, towards my neck. Now, if I wasn't a member of Congress, then he would still be released. He wouldn't be facing the federal charge. He is charged with a federal offense that specifically states in the statute that it's because I'm a member of Congress. So if this happens to just anybody out there, and then can you, by the way, can you imagine if there's no video? Um, you know, then you have to conduct right. an investigation. Right. Well, what if this is what if this is somebody who yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. poses a, a you know a danger? Yeah, well, judges yeah. don't have the discretion to weigh dangerousness. So there's this really highlights a lot that's wrong with the cashless bail law uh, and the laws in the state the not supporting our men and women in blue enough. The trends of where this is going and and the new proposals to enact more laws that are even more pro-criminal. Uh, we have an important decision to make as New Yorkers of what we're going to do to secure our streets. And there's two very different options uh, between what Kathy Hochul and the Dems are offering and what I'm proposing. Yeah, that's just what I love about you, though, man. I got to tell you, Congressman, is that you're thinking about if, if a regular person is attacked and there is no video and now you have to explain, well, he came at me and, they, and they're going to just let him go. Hey, hey, Alik, would you, Congressman, explain to us, please, uh, how uh, Governor Hochul allegedly encouraged people to stalk you prior to the attempted attack? What was going on there? I missed that a little bit. Did she say things and you had people kind of from her camp indeed stalking you, sir? Yeah, that that actually uh, ended up happening as you just described it. Uh, there were emails that were sent out from her campaign to try to get people to show up, putting out our date, time, location of events, and then including rhetoric in the pitch to try to spin them up. Now, something else that she also did was put out a spoof schedule, um, and you know, so some people. Uh, you know, in the media trying to hold Kathy Hochul's water, say, well, you know, the, the schedule that she put out was was just a joke. It didn't include the real daytime locations. But, yeah, we can you know, follow along with your argument. The problem is, is that they also sent out emails putting out the real daytime location and trying to spin them up. It wasn't like, hey, you know, go show up and you know, let's engage in a, you know, a, a positive you know, process. It, it was trying to get them uh, energized in a way that, that individuals can view what right and left limit of correct behavior is differently from each other. And when somebody goes too far, that's when people end up getting hurt. Now, the rest of my schedule, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we continued all the rallies. We had a bunch of rallies every day. Every rally was in a different county. Uh, it was a, an active weekend. We kept the schedule as is. We did ramp up security, obviously. Mm. But all weekend long, uh, I'm, I'm getting followed by a you know, box truck with my name, my face, and rhetoric on it. They have the trackers, the protesters showing up at, our, at the sites all over the state. It's like, do you really think that this is smart after what happened Thursday night to – you know, to continue to have the box car following us around, like you know, maybe at the very least take the weekend off yeah. on that yeah. aspect of your yeah. campaign tactics, because you you're the one who's been publicly promoting 
where I'm going to be. It was just very – you could make an argument that it was out of touch and wrong to do it in the first place before Thursday night. I would say after Thursday night, you call off the boxcar, you call off the protesters, and you just you just chill out with that for a moment because the rhetoric is a type of a rhetoric that really spins people up. Yeah, you're right. So did, and she never answered that. Hochul never answered that uh, answered that back, did she? She said, I think she she, she made a marginal, no, a marginal statement, and she should have said, I, I I am disgusted, and I and I tell stand down were the words. Maybe she she could have said, Hey, a congressman, before we let you go, we appreciate it, and and God bless you. We're so glad that you're safe, uh, and and that you handled it in such a heroic fashion, Lee Zeldin. You really did. But the secure as a congressman, Lee, and again, I I always emphasize. And as I say to you listening, when you think about voting in November, this is a man without an ego. ego. He just wants to serve the people. And that is an anomaly, especially in New York State. But did you have security as a congressman? There's no security. You don't have people around you as a congressman. Uh, Generally, I guess there's no Secret Service type protection for a congressperson. So there was some security there on Thursday night, but clearly not enough. The security has ramped up since uh, as a product of uh, coordination, communication between all levels of government, from U.S. Capitol Police to the state troopers and local law enforcement. So for the rest of my stops, uh, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, for all the rallies, there was ramped up security everywhere. Uh, As far as members of Congress go, we're protected by the United States Capitol Police when we're in Washington, D.C., there's a very heavy Capitol Police presence. Uh, There are members of leadership who have full-time details. There's a a handful of members with full-time details, and that's why the only person in that Steve Scalise shooting who lost their life that day was the shooter was because Steve was was one of those people in leadership, and he had his detail there. Uh, when, When you travel outside of the Capitol, Uh, Unless there's some type of more specific threat, Hmm. um, there's a lot. There's a a heavier reliance on the the, working with local law enforcement. And I I have found the Capitol Police are they are they are exceptional. They you know that you give them the resources to do their job. They uh, they, they're amazing men and women there. Um, And you just need to have max communication, max coordination. And make it and take this seriously. And there's no place in American politics for political violence ever at any point, right, left, center, whatever your party is, whoever your candidate is. There is never any good excuse for political violence. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today.